0: to be across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crump. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you doing, Paul? Doing well. You know, Mike, uh, around this time, uh, you know, when Cowboys aren't playing football, tent, our show sheet tends to get a little smaller. They, uh, um, the show's got a little bit shorter. When I sent you that show sheet tonight, what were your thoughts <laughs>
1: I, I knew it because the message you sent me, you know, before was kind of give me a warning. But I was like, we're not even playing football anymore. What the hell is this? But it's a, it's an important type of time of year. Two of the Cowboys' rivals just played. Uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the league in the AFC just played. So you know we have to go over it, and and it helps us understand what we're going to need it to get to this point. You know, we can look at the two teams and go, do we have a Mahomes and a Burrow or do we need to build up a team like Philly and San Francisco have around their non Mahomes and Burrow quarterbacks? So, you know, it, it shows both ways you could do it. It's just, will our front office, you know, pull the trigger.
0: Right. Yeah, and what's funny is that I thought we might be talking more about the games from yesterday, but there's actually quite a bit of uh, Cowboys-related news to discuss tonight.
1: Yeah, there is. I mean, you know you know, Jerry's going to try to keep us in the news, so he dropped some stuff during the conference title games to keep us interested, and yeah, it's going to always controversy of Dak, and, and you know, he's going to be involved, and then – there's just there's it's always there's a reason why all the shows always have Dallas in their mouths, you know.
0: Right, right, very true. Well, Mike, before we get into our discussion tonight, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy. I'm gonna turn my heater off too. Pardon yeah, me. Newport.
1: It ain't that cold.
0: No worries, Mike. It's it's about to get hot in here, so it might maybe a good deal. You don't want to. Uh, I see you got the hoodie on. You might have to end up taking that boy out by the time the show's over. Wakanda forever.
1: What is it? Wakanda. Forever. Sure, I've I mean, worn it before, but I love that. I love this, it one. Well.
0: I still haven't seen the new Black Panther. I might have to watch that.
1: It comes out, what, tomorrow? What day is it? No, I the thought it
0: was already, plus. it's already on Disney Plus, right?
1: Disney Plus, it comes out on Wednesday. Oh,
0: okay. Wednesday, right?
1: February 1st. Now, why'd they do that? Why'd they, why'd they wait the longest time to release? Why'd they wait till February 1st for Black Panther?
0: Hmm. <laughs> February is an important month for... for for people. Right.
1: Yes. That a lot. Hey, honestly, a lot of uh, African-American people hate that because like Morgan Freeman, I saw an interview he was like, I don't want all my stuff to be put into one month. Like where's white history month or Latino history month or, you know, it's like, it's not a big thing. And you know, there, there is, he's like, he's like, y'all could have a white history month and we'll, we'll just have the rest of the year. So not everybody likes that. Even the even the Black Panther thing I've seen on Twitter where people are complaining like just put the movie out like January 17th like you know the regular timeline. Like you don't have to push it weeks to to make it go on on uh you know Black History Month but you know it is what it is. It ain't no big deal in the long run.
0: Hey Mike for some reason I don't know why but when you said White History Month it triggered a thought and I was looking on HBO Max for a a uh, movie for my wife and I to watch tonight. And I saw that American history X is on there and she's never seen it. She'll never watch it. But I, I think soon we're going to have to rank like our top five, Edward Norton movies. I, I have a feeling that would be both in our top fives. I'd like to think.
1: It's gotta be, if it's not in there, it's right on the cusp. I'm trying if it's to not go.
0: in there, you haven't seen that movie.
1: I, I love American history X, but I'm also a huge hmm. Edward Norton fan, so I'm just going through in my head. I know what one is. That that's without club? question,
0: huh? Fight club. No.
1: Uh it'd be top fight club be top three, but not one. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: He's a good one, man. He's a good actor.
1: Yeah. Primal fear,
0: bro. Never seen it.
1: Oh my god. You then you can't rank, then you can't rank
0: until I see primal fear.
1: And not, yeah, we can't rank them.
0: Uh, That's the best movie. Did you watch Glass Onion already?
1: Yes. Also good. Probably would make my top five. I like that. I like Ryan Johnson. I'm going to watch that Peacock show he's got. But, dude, this show sheet's long enough. Let's. (laughs)
0: Goodness. I didn't mean to get us off track, Mike. When you started messing with the heater, I got off track. But uh, got back to our Twitter handles, you can find Mike at CD Piglet. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Mike, I hope you ate something good today. It's Meatless Monday. What was on the menu? Uh,
1: this morning I did. I had a breakfast sandwich. Uh, I use uh, the Beyond Sausage. I have in my fridge, I have Beyond Breakfast Sausage. I have Beyond Hamburgers. I have Beyond Sausage Links. And I only use them on Mondays. Like, and then today, my plan was, and hey, I haven't had one of those burgers in a while. Let's do the Beyond Beef, you know, burger mm-hmm. for, yeah. for dinner. And then I ended up, I looked through my my stuff, and I had some vegetables that ended up being needing to be used. And so I used those to make a, you know, a vegetable zoodles dish, you know. And so I didn't get the Impossible Burger in, but maybe I'll do that tomorrow. I like those; those they're not that bad. A little ketchup, a little mustard, a little cheese. Put yeah. them on a nice toasted bun. They're, they're, they have like more of a meatloaf texture than a hamburger texture. Yeah. But in the end, they, they taste pretty damn good. So I'm I'm I needed to use the veggies though. Those are in the freezer, they're gonna last another few months. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there was no urgency to have it. So if nothing else, I'll have one next week.
0: Are you up to try any beyond meats, Mike? I think I'd rather just have like I've had veggie burgers in the past, and those were always good, but I'm still kind of skeptical about those things.
1: They're okay. They're like the beyond sausage. I have just tastes like sausage. You, yeah. you wouldn't even if I made it for you and I made the breakfast sandwich I made with a scrambled egg and uh and uh a hash brown on an English muffin, yeah, you would just think it was a you know a sausage McMuffin type, only homemade.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Mike, you mentioned the show sheet. This boy's pretty long, so let's go ahead and get after it. We're gonna yep. start with the uh Eagles and Niners here. Uh when you look at that game, Mike, was was this the biggest letdown as far as championship games go?
1: Sure, easily. Like it's one thing to get blown out and you blow a full team out, and it's like, damn, they they killed. Them. It wasn't competitive. They had, they had quarterbacks who couldn't throw anymore. Like they couldn't. They basically Dude. couldn't pass. Yeah. Like you know how crappy it is to watch a game where one side can't pass. I don't because I did not watch that game. The minute Brock Purdy went out, I didn't even watch the the. The Josh Johnson, I watched uh, a replay of where he scored a touchdown. I didn't even watch it once. Purdy went out. I was like, I'm not gonna watch Eagles kill this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, at one point in the fourth quarter, Brock Purdy was like three for three, and I was like, dude, this game is just it's <laughs> despicable because for a championship game to to be this way, three for
1: three, it's so unfair. I feel bad for the Niners. Like they had such a great year and they're on such a roll and. And then uh, a tight end gets stuck on Hassan Reddick and one hit, and your game. Did, did. Honestly, it wasn't even that. The the guy Hassan Reddick hit the other guy, and his head bounced off the thing, and he got concussion protocol because yeah. they were doing fine with Johnson in. You know, he had a turnover later, but if you take away the seven points that was given to Eagles on a bad call, it, you know their Niners are right there with the bat with their fourth string quarterback. So.
0: It's unfortunate. It was a pretty lame game. I remember watching the play where Purdy got hurt. I'm like, how hard did he get hit in his elbow? Where like his shoulder was, I guess, dislocated or popped he out of place. His,
1: he tore his UCL. Sheesh, the, man! It's an injury that uh, Josh Allen had a like a strain. He didn't tear it completely. You know that kid completely tore it. So yeah, it was it was over for him.
0: Man, how strong is this on Reddick, I <laughs> wonder.
1: That, yeah he's he's a badass dude, it's funny though people wonder why like oh how did he not win the all pro he's being blocked by a tight end dude you like he's a great edge rusher great 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 but he's not thought of in the same realm as parsons nick bosa where those guys you never put a tight end on them like no dude you're gonna put three you put three people on those type of guys mm-hmm. or, and for the eagles like brandon graham asan reddick and hardgrave are all seen kind of evenly and then cox is the older veteran one and it's more of all of them equally are great pass rushers and it's thought of of you got to stop us reddick who's a beast but he's just not thought of like that
0: right right so you know mike will when you look at that game, I mean, it was it was closer than the score would indicate. But let's just say the Niners did have Brock Purdy. Do you think they win that game? Uh, I think they have a good chance. You, I mean, legitimately, with the backup in, it was seven
1: zero Niners. the 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 Niners got to stop on fourth and three. the The Demonte Smith dropped the ball, clear as day on the replay. But the replay, they didn't get that view until too late. And the yeah. uh, Eagles smartly went up, ran a play um and and ended up scoring on that one but if you take that away if it's called correctly the the Niners got the ball at midfield and they had Purdy healthy who knows what they do there and then on the um on the other end uh uh what is it Joe Johnson or whatever the four-string quarterback scored a touchdown and made the game 7-7 uh in the second quarter in a game where they didn't even earn the seven points on Niners defense. So sure they had a chance to win that.
0: Yeah. And then you know, emotions got pretty high that and San Francisco's kind of started shooting themselves in the foot with bad penalties and just out of out of frustration. But yeah, I mean with Brock Purdy, we've seen him win some big games already in the playoffs, winning t- uh two home games as a you know, an undrafted as not an undrafted guy, but as Mr. Irrelevant, and he's proven that he can run that offense, man. I do think that San Francisco. Probably would have won that game,
1: they definitely had a chance we We don't know what Philly could have done because they they realized like, hey, we don't have to show nothing, just run our basic bullshit they they can't throw the ball we this game's over. they're not gonna score on our defense, you know, with the quarterbacks out, so they didn't really have to do a lot. They were able to just play their vanilla stuff and and
0: win an easy game, yes, sir. You're looking at Philly's path to the Super Bowl, Mike. Was this the easiest that you can uh, easiest for, easiest in recent memory?
1: Oh yeah, easiest I've been around forever. I can't think of an easier one. Now that's not a knock on Philly. You know, if Dallas uh, beats Jacksonville and beats Green Bay, they are up on both of them double digits in the fourth quarter. If they do their job and win those games, they got the one seat. Then they got Giants in the second round. Alpha by getting healthy. And then they go in and face Philly or San Francisco, whoever came out of that, and say it was Philly, right? Say they win again. No team, after facing the Niners, won a game all season. I think it was 0-15, 0-16, whatever. No team won after, after they faced the Niners. So wow. even if it was one, they would come out beat up and everything. We would have played the Giants. So Philly put themselves in position to get the easiest path. Yeah, uh, that's not a knock on them uh but they you know it is a fact they had the easiest path i could ever remember
0: yeah you can't be mad at you know they play who they play and they they beat the teams they were supposed to beat so you can't be mad at them but man playing a third and fourth string quarterback and daniel jones with you know no real weapons and kind of a i don't know an up-and-coming defense pretty simple
1: yeah yeah i mean daniel jones with no receivers and then uh And then a team that couldn't pass the ball in the second half, like literally could not throw passes. Like, yeah, can't get any easier.
0: No, it cannot. Oh, going to the AFC games, Mike. What's which AFC team were you rooting for simply because you think they had the better chance of beating Philly?
1: It was KC for me, and a lot of people think it's Mahomes. I, I think Burrow is good as anybody. It's because I didn't want that Eagles D line going against Cincy with three hurt offensive linemen. Yes, uh, and I love Andy Reid off of a bye and Andy Reid, you know, getting to face his old team, you know, a little extra motivation. So yeah, uh, I was going for, and of course, Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, I was going for Kansas City.
0: Yeah, same here. Reason being is I I feel like Cincinnati could have beat Philly, but I wanted I wanted Kansas City to. Beat win this game simply because I I wanted them to get a uh, you know get the revenge on Cincinnati.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Cincinnati one. out of rooted for them. I really like Joe Burrow, but uh yeah, I was looking I was looking for Kansas City this game.
0: Yeah, I mean that that would have been quite the uh, matchup to watch that Eagles defensive line versus Cincinnati's decimated O line.
1: Yeah, I, I already seen. Uh, what Tampa did to Kansas City when Kansas City lost four offensive linemen, I don't want to see that again.
0: No sir, no sir. Looking at that game, Mike, at the end it got got a little weird there, especially with the refs. Did you feel that the refs ruined that game?
1: I don't think they ruined it, uh, but they definitely were way too involved. Like the 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 one play where it was like a full like the play happened. Everybody was lining up for fourth down, and then the refs were like. Hey, we're redoing the play, and everybody's sitting there going, "Okay, you know, if something happened. They got to redo fourth down." It's like, no, 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 no the 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 other play, third. And you're like, yeah. "What? The hell? <laughs> that you was know?
0: super weird, dude." Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean the <clears throat> the last play, it's unfortunate in a game like that. That especially that kid played such a good game, and he's just trying to make sure the quarterback goes out of bounds. He you're not going to tell how far you are. By letter of the rule, it is a penalty in in nowadays football. But it's such a bummer they had to call that. But really, the weirder one was the because everybody's kind of like, huh, that's weird. You give him another shot on third down, and then they call the penalty. It was like, oh, by the way, they get a first down too. So we gave him another play, and they gave him a first down. You're kind of like, uh, what 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 was that about? But
0: yeah,
1: um, I don't think they ruined it. The game was really good. Um, they called a penalty a penalty. I hate to say that because I, if I'm the ref there, I'm swallowing the whistle and going, look, I know he pushed you out of bounds, but I'm not giving you a free 15 yards. It wasn't that big a deal, you know? But they called it what it was. The guy makes the easy field goal, and and it is what it is. Ruin those a little bit strong.
0: You know, for that being a 15-yard penalty automatically, If I wonder, should they make it, like, reduce it to 10 or even 5? Make
1: it five and 15 like they do with face masks. Yeah, I believe, or they used to do with face masks. I don't know if that's true anymore or running into the kicker. Like if you take out the plant leg or whatever, it's 15. But if you just hit them where you're going through, it's only five. Like they should do that. That penalty, you know, where where it's, that should be a five yard penalty. That's like, you know, there's no malice in it. Now you take a guy out over the middle and de him and everything sure 15 yards but i'd like them to separate that a five yard and a 15 yard
0: yeah and another play i found kind of odd was there was one with mvs where he it's like third and seven he reaches to try to gain that first down and they they gave it to him and you see the replay he's not really very close and they still gave it to him anyway i thought that was somewhat strange
1: yeah it looked like when he went down it was like at least a foot away and they said that it was touching the line i was like Man, it didn't seem like it to me, but four I'm really going to go Yeah, yeah, they were
0: brewing. they
1: were not great.
0: No, it wasn't. Uh, let's let's uh, get some Cowboys talking here, Mike. And you look at those four teams. What What did watching those four teams tell you about the changes Dallas needs to make this off season?
1: Um, for me, I I think they need uh, they need minimum one but realistically two more playmakers
0: yep, yep yep
1: uh you know especially let's let's consider tony pollard on the team that you know the the franchise tag numbers came out it's going to be 10 million it's less than what they're paying schultz so just flip that over to him it's uh it's almost the same exact they of money they make by cutting zeke post june 1st so you make that switch but even then you have lamb and tony pollard like Look at the Debo, Brandon Ayuk, Kittle, Mitchell,
0: Christian McCaffrey.
1: Christian McCaffrey. How about uh AJ Brown, Sanders, Goddard, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins? How about um Boyd, Chase, uh Hurst,
0: Hurst, Higgins, Joe Mixon, Nixon, so P. Ryan.
1: Yeah, and then you go Kansas City as Mahomes. You don't, you know, does he have all the great but like Juju and 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 still Kelsey great, but Kelsey's a beast, but he's Mahomes, so he's different. Yeah. Yeah. But all the other teams just have like you can't line up one-on-one with them and and like try to man them up and everything. Like they'll destroy you. So, you know, yeah, they need two more playmakers. I would say they need a big play defensive tackle, too. Uh Cox and Hargrave, uh uh
0: Chris Jones,
1: Armstead. Uh, what's the one?
0: Chris Jones.
1: Chris Jones. A Dude, monster. filthy, filthy monster, bro. And uh, Bengals are the unique one. Like, when I look at Bengals, I don't see anybody on their defense and I'm like, oh, I got to have that guy. They just play good collectively. But the other three all have monsters at defensive tackle. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that Osa doesn't become that in year three. Maybe he does. But if not him, they need to get one that that's mm-hmm. one of the things the defense is missing
0: yeah absolutely that was my answer it's pretty simple we need some more playmakers mike
1: yeah uh, clearly clearly need playmakers
0: okay uh, ranking dallas along with those four teams where would dallas rank
1: i probably have them fifth um could they beat philly sure would i say their teams is good no their team overall is not as good um i think they could beat them if dak plays like up to Dak's potential, I don't think Hurts. If Dak and Hurts both play their best game, Dak beats them. He, he's 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 really good when he's at his best. Where Jalen Hurts kind of has a great team around him. And so, I mean, you've seen versus the Niners, he was missing passes to guys that were just running open. He missed a few of them. Um, he just doesn't have to do a lot right now because there's no threat to him. So uh, maybe beats them, but I mean Niners—they beat us two straight times. They, you know, they just—I—I I can't put us above them. And the two AFC teams are—are—they have killers at quarterback. They're monsters. So I would put us fifth. I don't think—I don't think we're as good as those four
0: yet. You know, for me, Mike, I had us at fourth, right above Kansas City, simply because our defense is better.
1: Our defense is better, but I mean they got
0: Mahomes. That's fair, very very fair. Okay, Mike, you look. We we're talking about playmakers earlier. You look at this Dallas team. What and they're they've been known to take, you know, favor favor running backs. What would it take for you to take another running back in round one with this team?
1: I I don't think I would. I don't think there's anything they could do to make me want to. I I can't take a first round running back. I just. For me, the position, if the player's elite, best at his position, great. You get, what, three to five great years out of him? I just can't value a first-round pick like that. I would rather take the – and I understand that you could get a corner that is Kelvin Joseph and not be any good or Taco Charlton. But if I get a corner or a lineman or a linebacker or somebody, they could have – if they're elite, they're best of the best, you can get 10 to 12 years out of them running back. You're just not going to get much more than three to six years, like at your best. And so for me, I, um, I, I want a first round pick where there's a good chance I get a second contract out of them. And yeah. I don't do that With the running back. So that's not for me.
0: Mike, I would take a first round running back. If we traded back into the thirties, and we had a big off season with some higher tier free agents, like we filled some holes with some real players, then I'd be okay with taking a first round running back.
1: That would make it less like, cause we got an extra pick. It was really the bottom of the first round. We went out and got a receiver and an offensive lineman. of are starters right now that, that can make plays for you. Then at least it's palatable. You're yeah. like, okay, you know, Add add uh, uh, the the kid from Texas, Bijan. Um, yeah, add him to this lineup with another wide receiver that a a Odell Beckham, whatever you know, and a big lineman that they got a big powerful left guard they signed. And you're sitting there going, oh okay, you know, hey, this offense is pretty good. You know, I can understand that. I just man, I I hate the idea of using a first on a running back.
0: But, you know, you say that. It's interesting to me that you you would want to spend $10 million on Tony Pollard.
1: Well, it's like the Schultz thing. I I don't want to sign him to long term. Yeah, I need a guy that next year I know CD's got some help. Like, if you get rid of Tony Pollard, you're talking, there's not those playmakers at receiver in this free agency pool. There just Mm -hmm. isn't. The running backs, you might as well get Pollard. He's the best one available. So you're telling me I'm getting C.D. Lamb and rookies, and I hate that idea. So, not a long term deal, but a tag for Tony Pollard, ten million, replace Schultz. You get the money from Zeke. Let Zeke go. Uh, I don't mind that. I, I think you got to have some playmakers.
0: Fair enough. So we had some good news this week, Mike, and one being we bring back we bring back Dan Quinn, and he said that. Uh, his heart's in Dallas. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He'll Super Bowl here. Excuse me, guys. How do you? How do you? How'd that make you feel hearing Quinn say I, that?
1: I felt like Jerry Jones said, "Listen, MM's got one more year to win me a Super Bowl, and then you're the coach."
0: Oh, so, that's really. You really think it's like that?
1: Yeah, I told him. I go. He goes up to Dan Quinn. He goes, "Listen, if we don't win, you're going to be the head coach. If we do win." everybody's going to want you because you just won a Super Bowl as a defense coordinator of the Cowboys, and you're only going to get more opportunity. So it's a no-lose for you. You You're getting a job either way after this year. You're getting a job leaving Dallas as a Super Bowl winner or taking over for Mike McCarthy. So that's how I felt when when Dan Quinn came back
0: that is an interesting way to look at it. Mike. I like that, man. Thinking outside the box there. For me, I was I was relieved cuz we bring back Quinn. I was excited, of course, cuz we're bringing back Quinn and again very happy because Quinn's staying here in Dallas, staying with Micah continue to develop him, you know, the the guys love him. It seems like he has a pretty good relationship with with Dak as well. So with Dak as well, excuse me. So yeah, man, I was very excited.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty ecstatic about that. That that's a
0: huge Huge year three move. So, Mike, I was watching the Kansas City game last night, and I uh, for I was talking to my father in law, and he mentioned something about Kellen Moore, and I don't know what made me look it up, but I I found out during last night's game that Kellen Moore was not returning. What were your thoughts when you heard that news?
1: Uh, I this is again, this is another Dan Quinn like theory, and my I have I did not confirm this. I didn't talk to anybody about this, but I believe as at not to be trite mike white has said there's restrictions on this offense we paid a running back a lot of money dallas wants to win a certain way their front office wants to win a, their way so that they could take credit and i believe that they said hey kellen we'll have you back if you want to you know play ball our way again you know and and do what we do it's like if you don't you can go out and look for another job and he went and you know san diego right away or Los Angeles Chargers right away said you got you know Keenan Allen, you got uh,
0: uh, Mark Williams, Mike Williams, Jordan Palmer, running back, Austin um, Eckler,
1: Austin Eckler, you got Justin Herbert, and you got Rashawn Slater and, and and a decent offensive line, and you won't get restrictions. And Kellen Moore came to him and said, You know what? I think I'd like to go to the Chargers and kind of get away from here. And they mutually agreed to part ways that that's just my belief on the, on the subject that, that if Moore wanted to stay, he would have stayed and Moore was like, nah, dude, it's my time to get out of
0: here. Really again. So kind of going conspiracy here, thinking that uh, Moore was limited by the front office.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I believe when uh, Mike White says something, I believe he knows a little bit that that he can get some inside info and if he says that the front office told kellen the motion stuff and the and the you know the passing all the passing and everything let's let's chill on that and kind of go with uh you know run the ball uh you know uh old school style 90s cowboys football you know line them up and and beat them with your talent and i just think uh that doesn't win nowadays and more it's like, all right, I did all I could do here.
0: Mm, yeah. I remember Mike saying that last week. So I don't know. I didn't really feel that the offense ran that way this year. Do you?
1: Uh, there were like, there would be a game where a CD would motion almost every play. And then the next two games, you wouldn't see emotion at all. It's like, what, what is happening right now? You, so you. it's weird. It's, it's tough.
0: You know, I, I was shocked because he hadn't been hired as a head coach and I never would have guessed that. Dallas would fire him. It was nice to know that they parted on, you know, mutually, but I was, I was shocked, Mike.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, uh, once once he didn't get hired as a head coach, that's where my theory comes in. It's like, why wouldn't they just keep him, you know? I just think that it was more him wanting to go than, than them wanting to get rid of them.
0: Yeah, so when you heard that Moore wasn't returning and that Mike McCarthy would take over play calling, did your feelings change? Uh, no,
1: I, I – they didn't. I think this is like the last stand for Mike McCarthy. So he's going to go out on his shield and, uh, you know, he'll take care of the play calling and everything. And, and um, if he's going to go out, he'll go out, you know, his way. And um, I think he has more of the trust from the Joneses and maybe he can do a little bit more than uh, Kellen Moore was allowed to. What do you mean by that? Uh, Meaning that if he wants to not have the ball go to Zeke half the time, that he can have that guy off his team for cap money and he can draft the receiver first round and he can tag Tony Pollard and he can go at this with his way and see if he can get us further than uh, Moore has been able to.
0: Hmm. What what are the chances that you think he can do that?
1: Good. If you look at his numbers in Green Bay before he gave up the play calling, it's pretty friggin' good numbers. In 2015, he gave up the play calling. They kind of went downhill from there. So uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's able to uh adjust like he like he has been so far here and uh and you know he can get the job done.
0: Do, you know, do you think that Dallas should hire another offensive coordinator?
1: Definitely. It's, you know, we still need Mike McCarthy to be the head coach. Like, yeah, you know, we need him to do the duties of the head coach. And I know the defense is Dan Quinn's, and he's going to be calling plays. But while he's going over head coaching stuff, we need an offensive coordinator there to set up the game plan going forward, do all that stuff. So it's not stuck on McCarthy to do that when he's trying to deal with the whole team.
0: Yeah, it takes some responsibility off of McCarthy. And also, I think it's important to have, you know, a second voice, a second set of eyes to kind of look at things and maybe say, hey, I know you see this, but, you know, I was watching some film. What do you think about this?
1: I agree. I agree 100%. The the better they can get uh, coaching-wise as far as the tree of coaches, the better the uh, team will be for it.
0: So this is going to be Dak's third offensive coordinator. We, you know, we saw Scott Linehan and he had some, you know, minor success with, with him, but kind of when it was forcing Dak to be a, become a pocket passer and then we saw Kellen Moore with Dak and he elevated Dak, but what, what kind of offensive coordinator do you think would be best for Dak? Offense and offensive coordinator. Um, I think someone who makes the offense
1: easier on him. Yeah. Like, uh, I uh, can scheme some guys open instead of just, you know, hey, we're all gonna run uh, the curls here. It's cover three. You just gotta look and find the right guy fast enough before the defense gets in the zones and stuff like. Exactly. That's yeah. rough. You, your quarterback has to be perfect, and a yeah. couple of games he was the Philly, the second Philly game, the one he played in Tampa. Like yeah. there was a Minnesota. There's a few games where he just killed people, but like help him like it's all right to help him. Yeah. Know, help him get people open.
0: Yeah. That's one thing on uh Kurt Warner's quarterback confidential. He just says that, you know, a lot of Moore's route concepts, they, you know, they weren't favorable to the quarterback or to, or to the receivers.
1: Yeah. No, it's if like a lot of times T Y Hilton was open in this Niner game, as we talked about last week, but what progression was he, you know, so he's got to look, 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 by the time he gets to that progression, yeah. Pressures in his face, you know he doesn't get there in time. You know the, he, it just it's too much on the quarterback to do that. You got to help him out some.
0: Man, I can't imagine Kyle Shanahan and Dak Prescott together, dude. If
1: if Dak Prescott's a forty nine er, they win Super Bowls for a long time.
0: Oh man, my god, I, I would not be mad about watching that. To be honest with you, me neither. I'd love Dak to
1: to win. He's a great human being.
0: For me, you know, as far as offensive coordinator goes, I like your points, Mike, about making the offense easier. I think someone who challenges Dak mentally, I think he would respond to something like that. I think that'd be a good one too.
1: Yeah, when people when people asked why I wanted more fired, because I'm a more fan. I don't I don't think he's a bad OC. I had no problem keeping him if they did, but when they asked, "Do you want him back?" I was like, "Not really," just because I want to change the the voice in the ear of Dak. He yeah. seemed to regress a little this year. I want to get a new voice in there and somebody who can, you know, do something different for him.
0: Jesse Hawley seemed to think that Dak had Dak and Kellen Moore's relationship had peaked. And reason being that wasn't going to go any further because it was a a peer to peer relationship, not so much like a superior to player type of relationship. Absolutely.
1: They were both backup quarterbacks for the team in 2016, Dak's rookie year. Mm-hmm. Now it's you know five years later, six years later, and uh and you know he's still he's just his you know he's calling plays and everything, but he's still that it's still that gonna be that relationship.
0: Exactly, you know, it's yeah,
1: not somebody in there that could tell him what's what.
0: Right, right. You know, uh yeah, I guess we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. So I'll, I'll keep us on the show sheet, Mike. We're making a good time, actually. I'm surprised. You look at a lot of the quarterbacks, and you know when they when they bring in new coaches and coordinators, the quarterbacks are part of that process. Do you think that Dak should be part of the process of you know having make helping make the decision of who the next offensive coordinator should be? He's absolutely
1: got to have input. Yeah, I mean, why why have him if you're not going to? So, yeah, he, he. I'm not saying he should go. I want him over him. Yeah, but they. What do you think of this coordinator? What do you think of this coordinator? What do you think, fit wise? You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's fine. Get get information like that, but uh, you know, he doesn't have to make the decision, but he has to be part of the input.
0: Absolutely, I agree 100. I mean, you see guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, all most franchise quarterbacks these days are having that sort of input. So yeah, it's only it's only right that Dak does as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I know this is probably a conversation we'll be talking about a lot, talking about a lot in the offseason, Mike, but uh, is there an offensive coordinator you would like to see here in Dallas? I don't have a name, but for me,
1: um, someone who can creatively put a run game together. Very important that, you know, Zeke is very unlikely. I just don't see a way you could keep him. Even yeah. if he takes the pay cut, He just he doesn't have it. I feel bad about that, but he just doesn't have it. So you're going to be talking about maybe a Tony Pollard lead back, a Davis. Uh, I don't know if Dowled or a rookie will get in there, but you're talking about a whole new backfield and an offensive line. That's re that's rebuilding itself, regrouping, you know, steel's got to come back from injury. You got Zach, you got newly named Pro Bowl replacement, Biadish. left guards probably going to be brand new or left tackle. If they get a tackle and Smith moves back to guard. So, I'd like a creative uh, uh, run game caller, and I'd like a guy who could scheme uh, uh, pass catchers to get open instead of just relying on the quarterback to make the right reads every time fast.
0: Do Do you have a name in mind?
1: Not yet. I've been doing too much college stuff that I haven't really gone over who's going to be available and I don't, really don't want to get an old school one. Like I know Ga- Gary Kubiak's great creative run caller. He would work great, but he's feels older now, like yeah. someone new. So I need to look that, look into that more.
0: So, uh, you know, shout out to Tyler Biotis. I know you said just newly announced uh pro bowler. I mean, even as an alternative, Mike, that's, that's great for Tyler Biotis, dude.
1: He, uh, he a lot of people wanted him replaced with seventh round rookies and undrafted free agents and i was on his bandwagon i thought he played better all year last year as the year went on and i thought he played pretty damn strong this year he's gonna get overpowered because he's not the biggest like viva is gonna move him around sometimes but yeah i thought he played strong this year and uh and we'll see what i'm not saying i'm into re-signing him you know I'd, I'd still like to get a little bigger but I'm down to go into next year going okay let's see what he can do and then we can make a decision
0: yeah so as far as a new offensive coordinator who I would like to see him like this is probably some low-hanging fruit I hadn't done a lot of research on it but a name that came to mind who's had some success with mobile quarterbacks he might probably be the that would be the best mobile quarterback who also has an arm in my opinion what do you thought? what do you think about Greg Roman
1: Oh, not bad. You know, he'd have to come in and say, hey, we got a pocket quarterback now. Now, he can run some. Yeah. But we're not designing runs for him. So what are we going to do? You know, can you – are you a only design quarterback runs guy? Like we base our passing game around the fact that the quarterback runs. Yeah. And if he can get past that hurdle and show that, you know, the running game is creative without the quarterback being involved and good – and then we can win from the pocket with his offense, I would be down.
0: I think he can he's creative enough to get the most out of your receivers too.
1: He he's he is a fantastic run game coordinator that didn't have a lot of weapons or a QB that threw very well. So we couldn't test his his uh, offensive ability.
0: Hey but he did um you know he did a lot with uh with Tyrod Taylor and man he, he was there for Lamar Jackson's MVP season so that says a lot
1: yeah I agree I would have no issue if he was the guy I just if he's not calling plays you know what what's what overall more value can he bring
0: gotcha 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 all right Mike here we're going to talk about your views from the sidelines and I'm curious is Justin Herbert a better fit for Kellen Moore's system
1: I'm going to go back to my conspiracy stuff and I'm going to say not having to like hand the ball up the middle to Ezekiel Elliott is going to be what has him doing better. Like being able to go out and use Eckler Williams, Allen, um, to his extent with a really good young quarterback with a really good arm. Yeah. Um, I think it's not like, oh, he's got Justin Herbert over Dak, so now he's going to be better, but it's more, I trust the, the Chargers to go. Do what you got to do, Kellen, and and we'll go from there. Where I don't trust our off our front office to allow that.
0: It's pretty sad that we're having this conversation again about the front office limiting Kellen Moore in the offense.
1: I know it's it's we'll know this year because there's I don't care what kind of discount he takes. There's no reason to keep Ezekiel Elliott. If they keep Ezekiel Elliott, and they continue that we go as Ezekiel Elliott goes. That's yeah.
0: Shout out to our guy uh, SDQ Flight Crew, our boy LP, the Heartbreak Kid. Ever since he left the show, Mike, it hasn't been the same. But he liked the title of the show, Mike. Uh,
1: uh Mitchell, shout out Mitchell. Read his uh, article. I don't know if it's directly his, but there's an article on blogging and the boys that he was in, and Mitchell was tell. I haven't had a chance to read it. Sorry, LP. I, you know, I'll get to it when I can. Um, but he, uh, he told me that like, yeah, I seen that your old, uh, your old, uh, partner, the, the third person of the, of the group that moved on, he was involved in that article. And I was like, yeah, he writes for blogging with the boys. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It came up on my, on my stuff and I read it. And I was like, good. I was like, do you read mine about the offseason He's like, I'll get to it.
0: You know, Mike, I'm not saying that this podcast is the is the only reason why, but when people come on this podcast, good things seem to happen when they when they leave or afterwards.
1: That's right. I mean, just look at Tad Prescott. What was he before he got on here?
0: Look at Kate uh, KT fun tweets. Dalton Miller. I mean, what were those guys doing? You know what I mean? Yep.
1: Uh, I know. Um, we didn't have her on, but um, God, is it Aisha Moore or Aisha Curry? I need. Uh no, 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 it's a Cowboys lady. <laughs> she's on the draft show now, and she had just started, uh, moved up and became a writer for cowboys.com, kind of when Hellman left, and yeah, now she's on the draft show. And man, I'm I'm so sorry that I don't have the exact at. Uh, but I will get it for next week so people know it. And anybody that watches the draft show, y'all know she's she's new. Her first day, though, she picked a uh uh a pet cat that's not coming out this year. So welcome to the draft show. That that happens <laughs> a lot. That is not a a, a oh, she only did it because she's a rookie. That happens to one of them almost every single year, and they don't do it intentionally, they say it and then it comes out like a hey, uh yeah, she's not that that person's not gonna come out this year. It's like <laughs> oh shoot. so yeah, it was a nice welcoming, it's like it's like a honorary thing to join yourself to the club
0: yes sir all right Mike here we are with one word give me one word for uh having a new offensive coordinator in 2024 has me feeling blank
1: uh in 20 like as in in 2023 I mean, we excuse have a, me
0: 2023 I'm sorry Mike
1: okay 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 that's what I had written down so I was like wait a minute and I would be like I'd feel bad uh you know we lost the guy one year he must have been terrible um I would say that my uh my answer would be meh and the only uh reason is because I I need the weapons. Like yeah. if we don't if we don't have the Boyd Higgins, Chase, Hurst, Mixon, you know, if we don't have the if you have Pollard Lamb, Micah returns to form, Jake Ferguson takes a step up for Dalton Miller, and you get a rookie at 26 that's a beast. Now I'm like, okay, let's see what this OC could do, you know, to help out Mike McCarthy calling plays and stuff. But yeah. if you go into next year and and your answer is, you know, signing T.Y. Hilton, which I, in my article that's out right now, uh, I want them to do, but like that and, you know, get one more playmaker and bring back Tony Pollard. And, you know, so it's meh until I see what weapons they have around Dak. I don't really care about the offensive coordinator.
0: I'm feeling angry. It has me feeling anxious, Mike, because I don't know what to expect. I mean, here we are again at the end of the year. We're talking about the front office dictating what type of offense we run. That that didn't make it any better for me.
1: Yeah, I know. I I hate it. I hate the fact that it's like, and you just know, like, why are we running these run plays? Like, like, ugh, it was frustrating. But you know, the front office paid one guy a whole lot of money and they were trying to not look so foolish on it. It is what it is. They look foolish, but, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully going forward, that part is gone and we get to see a new uh, offensive backfield led by Tony Pollard for a year.
0: Yes, sir. All right, Mike, we're not going to have a top five tonight. You know, since the off season has officially begun, we're going to start doing our prospect, previews but before we get to our first prospect let's talk about the needs of this dallas cowboys team as of today what are dallas dallas's top five needs in 2023
1: we're doing a top five it's just top five needs. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah fair fair
1: uh so my five. you want to do the typical way five four three two one or
0: yeah we could do it that way that's cool all right
1: my so number, five, number five yeah my number five is going to be corner depth so mm, okay. I like uh, Diggs paired with Bland, who had a great rookie year, and will have an he off did, season, And Jordan Lewis coming back to play the slot, and then you just hit like Mukwamu. he might be a safety corner hybrid. Right. So maybe another top hundred corner, somebody in the second third round, uh, maybe even a day three guy like Bland that just happens to, you know, hit. He fits what we are, but we definitely need one more. Good body there, so corner depth. Because if anybody gets hurt, now you're talking yikes mode.
0: Yeah, Mike. For me, I'm going number five. I want a defensive tackle. I mean, I was watching Chris Jones last night, just tear it up. We don't have a, a difference maker, a defense, a defensive tackle. I like Osa Zikiduwa, Neville Gallimore. He had a he had a down season, but I think we need a difference maker there to really set this defensive line apart from the rest.
1: I agree, one billion percent.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. All right, number four on my list, Mike. I know we have Micah Parsons. He's not really a lot. He doesn't really play this position. We have a lot of hope for Damone Clark. LVE had a good year, but will he be back? We don't know what we have in Jabril Cox. He looks like a special teams player. I'm going linebacker. Hey, we can move on because my number four is linebacker. Um, I
1: 100% agree. You have a lot of youth. Uh, you don't know what Damone Clark's going to be. He looks good. He's a film study guy. He has mm-hmm. the speed. He has everything you want, but you just don't know until you see it. You know, exactly. he's going to take the step. Um, if LVE's back, I will be much more excited because oh, yeah. then you have those two. You have the young guy that can learn from LBE, and then you have kind of the safety hybrids that play mm-hmm. linebacker, like yeah. Wilson and Burse and Bell and Mukwamu. And so the linebacker room doesn't look so bad, and you can go. Okay, Jabril Cox is your extra guy. You know, maybe you get a depth guy, but it's not a big deal. But until we know LVEs back, hell, linebacker could be a first round thing. You need. Yeah. Uh, it definitely would be without LVE. I can't see them not getting linebacker one of the first two rounds or signing somebody.
0: Apparently, this linebacker class is not very strong either. So in the first round, we'd have to be taking a a stud stud. Yeah,
1: I, I don't see one in the first. There's a couple of good day two guys. Uh, mm-hmm. uh Pene Swell's brother, Noah Swell is a big dude who um will take on blocks and tackle whatever gets around him, but he's a two-down linebacker. There's some linebackers that are cover linebackers, but, I mean, we have Jabril Cox, we have six hybrid safeties that do that. Damone Clark seems to have that skill set. Right. Oh, you know it. The LBE is a pretty big need. I, I believe they need to bring him. But that should be one of their, if not their top key. Other than maybe Tony Pollard, LBE might be their guy. They need to make sure they lock up.
0: Agreed. All right, Mike. What's number three on your list? Number three for me is defensive tackle. Hey. Uh, okay, okay.
1: Whether it's Osa making the third year jump or them going and getting a guy. The one thing they're missing is a killer at defense yeah. attack. If they get a killer and add mm-hmm. that to Tank and Micah Parsons, game right. over, that defense will be enough. That is the spot. If they get that, I'd rather have that than corner depth. If if we go into next year with the exact same corner group we have, and our cornerback four is Kelvin Joseph or, or uh, Mukwamu or Wright, but we get a Chris Jones type year uh, mm. from Osa or a Chris yeah. Jones type guy in the draft, sign me up because that line will be a monster, and it won't matter how well we cover.
0: Yeah, I mean, having that difference maker, a defensive tackle, him applying that pressure would do so much for our secondary.
1: When Osa has gotten pressure, yeah. look what it's done. For, I mean, it's been enormous. If that becomes a regular thing, nasty.
0: Man, if we could just find us another David Irving, but who likes to practice and play hard.
1: Play, yeah. It would be
0: incredible. Uh, We'll get to him at
1: one of these draft things, but the kid from uh Michigan, Mezzy, Mezzy Smith or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. Known, but like 6'3", 337 mm-hmm. or something. I, I got to look over the details. There's a lot of guys running through my head. I'm really attacking defensive tackle, wide receiver, O-line, linebacker, cornerback. Like those five are are the five. So I have a lot of them going through, but man, that kid has a lot of traits for his size. Oh my God.
0: It's, there's a guy out of Clemson too, Brian Brees, I believe.
1: Yeah. Brian Brees
0: is uh like a top a, 15 pick though.
1: There's like a Brian Young too. I need I would have to get on my phone and look through, but I have like seven eight D tackles that that could be impactful.
0: Yes, sir. All right, number three on my list, Mike, I'm going with cornerback. I love Deron Bland, of course. We know what Trayvon Diggs is. Uh, Deron Bland is looking like he's going to be a dog. But then after that, it's Anthony Brown, torn ACL. Uh, Jordan Lewis, What I mean, he might be a cap casualty. We don't know what we have in Kelvin Joseph. He looks like a special teams guy. And then Nashawn Wright, he showed some spurts. But, you know, we still don't really know what we have in him. So this is kind of a death guy. But I wouldn't mind using a day-two pick on another cornerback myself.
1: Yeah, me neither I think I think the only reason Jordan Lewis survives the cap casualty is because they legitimately he be, he becomes Dalton Schultz yeah and it's like well oh, we didn't really want him but you know Jarwin happened so Jarwin gets injured and now we got to have him you just look around it's not enough they don't have enough to just go hey uh decent starter we're gonna cut you you know he doesn't make that kind of money
0: how would you feel about bringing Anthony Brown back? He had his injuries so late in the year.
1: I'm talking about at a discount, though. You know, obviously, I I, it wouldn't impact my my want for corner at. Yeah, no,
0: no, no, no. Mine, mine either. But I'm just saying. I mean, I wouldn't mind bringing him back though. No, I mean either. If
1: it's cheap enough, you never know. Get him back for a playoff run. Good vet.
0: Yes, sir. All right, Mike. Number two on my list. I'm going with running back.
1: Running back. Yeah, they especially if they don't have pollard they 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 if they don't have pollard they're probably going to be going against me and looking for running back in the first round
0: i hope not man because there's some guys in that day too like a sean tucker tanks bigsby some guys like that that would be just fine
1: i don't think i added that but running back is definitely in my top positions i'm looking at you know so uh yeah i'm Sign me up. I think I'm trying to think of the kid's name, Noah, Noah Cross, or something like that. Damn, I have so many going through my head, but yeah, there's a few running backs I looked at that are, that are day like third to fourth round picks that could be really good.
0: Yeah. All right. Michael's number two on your list.
1: Number two on my list is another offensive tackle. Well, I put another Tyler Smith. The reason I used him is one, I want a power guy. I don't want Linderbaum or Biatis or. But I want power. I want a big mauler type. And then I want him to either be a guard or a tackle. Mm-hmm. If the guy you gets a guard, Tyler Smith's your tackle. The guy you yeah. gets a tackle, Tyler Smith's your guard. Right. Either way, I need that left side secure. Because I have a feeling Steele's going to get a pretty good deal. Uh, if not this season, he's restricted uh, next year. And then Zach Martin's got another probably three good years in him. Vyadish is getting his first pro bowl and he's lined up for next year. Mm-hmm. So just get me one left side player. That's a big monster. And, uh, and I'm very happy.
0: That big boy out of Georgia. We were talking about him the other night, man, bro.
1: Let's go. I'm All going. right, Mike,
0: who's number one on your list?
1: Number one is another offensive playmaker, pass catcher. Okay. Uh, and I know wide receiver is the easy answer, but yeah. honestly, if it's, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Gallup, um, uh, C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard, and they go get a Darren Waller, that's fine. You oh, know, Lord,
0: just, Darren Waller would be ridiculous, dude.
1: Yeah, it just means they need a beast pass catcher. Yeah. So I prefer it to be a wide receiver, but if it's tied in, that's fine too. Dalton Schultz does not count. He's not a big play guy.
0: I know you, you mentioned Darren Waller. How would you feel if the Cowboys brought in Hunter Renfro to play the slot?
1: Uh, I have no issue with that. I think he would uh, be an upgrade over T.Y. Hilton. So that that would be – I would have no – I would be totally happy with that. And he's a
0: great route runner, and he can create a lot of separation.
1: Yeah, and they need that. They
0: need it badly. Yeah, Mike, it's pretty easy. You you said it it was easy. Um, You went playmaker, but I went straight-up wide receiver. And, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good guys in the draft. I think this has – it has some good ones, not great ones. But, um, you know, there's some ones in there I think you could take, like, a chance on day one, like, with your first-round pick, and then take one in, like, the last – like, a, a day three, and you'd be pretty happy.
1: That 26th pick is pretty set up to get you a good wide receiver if you want to – probably a, a round two guy – not a round one guy. They're going to be, but at that point, you're getting round two guys. But like, will Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt be there? Uh, will um, Downs be there? Will, you know, uh, Jackson uh, Smith and Jigba? Yes. Uh, uh, See, Georgia or Alabama? Where is he from? He is
0: Ohio State.
1: Ohio State. I knew it was one of the big schools. Yeah. But if you can get yourself one of those guys, um, I think you're pretty happy if it happens where a defensive tackle falls or offensive lineman. Day two is going to have a lot of guys that you like. Now mm-hmm. I like Jalen Tolbert. Day two and you got that's the risk you take. But I think wide receiver in one of the first two picks is going to be like you can pencil it in.
0: How would you feel if we threw the threw a big bag at T. Higgins?
1: I don't think he's a free agent yet, is he?
0: Yeah, he is. He's a free agent this off season.
1: Uh, I'd be happy with it. And what's funny is I didn't have him as a guy coming out of the yeah. thing. I thought he might not work out, you know, um, but man, him, Lamb, Pollard, uh, Jake Ferguson, get yourself a, a a draft still, a guy that you can, you know, Higgins is your ex now. Uh, uh, Lamb is your Z or slot. And then get yourself another guy that can move around in there and you got Higgins, Gallup, Lamb, one more, you know, uh decent first or second round rookie. Now you're talking about having the playmakers with a Ferguson who can make plays, a Henry shot and a Tony Pollard. If you bring him back on the tag, now you're pretty happy.
0: Oh, uh, you know, Mike, I might be, I might need to correct myself. It looks like, hold on. Uh, I think Higgins one more year. Yeah, he, I think he does have one more year, man. But because apparently a lot of people were talking about him maybe being signed, going to sign with the Bears. But yeah, he has his final year is this year. Well, you're dead to me now. <laughs> okay, Mike. I mentioned this prospect preview now where it's draft season. So the prospect I want you to study give us a uh, scouting review next week. Your prospect is Eli Ricks, cornerback out of Alabama.
1: Yep. I will have it done. Don't worry. And and he's a guy I was going to do because he fits the mold. 6'2", 190. Uh, he doesn't do the 200 mark, but 190 in this draft is big. There's a lot of slim, slim reapers at cornerback in this in this draft. So he's one of the bigger ones, which you know Dallas is going to look at. So, yeah, I'll have one ready for you. Don't worry. He's He's my – I have two guys, one guy ahead of him, and then he's next. So I'll be ready for next week.
0: I'd be lying if I said I didn't love our off-season episodes because we, we talk about prospects and a lot of fun stuff, Mike.
1: I love the off-season episodes. I just wish it was
0: two weeks from now we were starting it. You, you and me both, brother. Hey, we we can make it out of an hour. Let's get this outro done. Mike, where can we find you on Twitter? At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D. Piglet, nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan15. We appreciate you joining us. And we'll see you guys next week. Look at us! Look at us on your. Look hour. at us, even with the.